Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Old Testament reading of Ecclesiastes chapter 6, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as you hear or read through Ecclesiastes, especially chapter 6, you might think there are some strange things being said. Maybe it doesn't really make sense, and it might make you go, what does it all mean? Chapter 6 doesn't have a heading that it begins with, which sometimes means it's connected to the previous chapter. So let's read the last three verses of chapter 5, because chapter 6 does continue its thought. This is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. So it's good to find satisfaction in daily life, work, or as we've seen it before, life under the sun. These are the few days that God has given to you. It continues. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. All the things that God has given to you are a gift. And finding satisfaction in those things is also a gift. And those who find satisfaction in life under the, under the sun, they find it maybe because they don't reflect on what lies ahead or what they don't have. Chapter 6 answers them, maybe. Let's focus on one key verse as where we'll look for a clearer picture. Chapter 6, verse 7. It reads, All the toil of a man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not satisfied. Or to put it another way, if all someone does is live and work to eat, they never find themselves full. They are always wanting more, never satisfied, always hungry, regardless of what they do. So it's about finding satisfaction in life, or the word we might use to describe this, we heard in the New Testament reading from Philippians, that this, is, this all has to do with being content in your circumstances of life. As we study, study Ecclesiastes, the question we can ask ourselves today is, what happens when you are not content with what you have? To give us a different perspective on this, let's look at it through the eyes of one of Aesop's fables, the dog in the shadow. It says this, it happened that a dog had got a piece of meat and was carrying it home in his mouth to eat it in peace. Now on his way home, he had to cross a plank lying across a running brook. As he crossed, he looked down and saw his own shadow reflected in the water beneath. Thinking it was another dog with another piece of meat, he made up his mind to have that also. So he made a snap at the shadow in the water. But as he opened his mouth, the piece of meat fell out dropped into the water, and was never seen more. What happens when you are not content with what you have? You forget about the meat that is currently in your mouth. 
because you want more than what you already have, and you end up losing out on the present and the future. You lose the meat that you have and what you think you would end up with in the future, another piece of meat. It never comes to fruition. Practically speaking, getting caught up in your reflection does happen to cats, dogs, other animals, and even babies, as they think there is another physical creature in the mirror looking at them. You, of course, are much wiser and more mature than babies, so let's put this in the context of chapter 6. A man has wealth, possessions, and honor so that he lacks nothing. And what happens when you are content, not content, with what God has given you? You're not satisfied, and it is impossible for you to enjoy what you currently have. Your wealth, possessions, and honor are rendered meaningless. In fact, more than meaningless, they are evil. Because greed has taken over. You have wealth and you want more. You have stuff and you want more. You have honor and you want more. What you have is not good enough. You see the reflection of meat and you want that too. So too, if a man has a hundred kids, a hundred kids and a long life, well, you would certainly need a long life with a hundred kids. Say you have a hundred kids and a long life and you don't find satisfaction in them. It would be better if you had not been born. You can have all the wealth, stuff, honor, children in the world to go with your long life, but it would be better for you to have never been born than to have this abundance of blessings and not enjoy them, not find satisfaction in them, not be content with them. We had already seen in chapter 4 that it is better to have never been born than to see the evil that is done under the sun. Yet here we all are. We have been born. And we all live life under the sun. And life under the sun is just the normal, everyday life we are living. When verse 5 mentions this idea of seeing the sun, it means that one is taking pleasure in things every day. You see the sun rise. You see the sun set. And you understand that each day is a blessing. It is a gift. That's why it's called the present. I know it's cheesy, but it fits. The opposite of that, so not seeing the sun, means that you do not take pleasure in things in the present, in this life. Not seeing the things that are right in front of you. You don't see the sun rise or set. You don't see the blessings in life. And thus it is like living hell on earth. You are never satisfied, so of course you will never be content. And you will miss out on so many other things, like the present and the future. Maybe you haven't thought about it like this before, but let's go back to looking at your own reflection. You probably don't look in the water at your reflection often, but I imagine most of you have a mirror that you look at probably every day, multiple times a day even. Have you ever looked in a mirror and been disappointed in what is staring back at you? I know I have. 
Have you ever been fully satisfied with what you see? That you say, there is nothing wrong with the person staring back at me. Probably not. And that's because you're not perfect. And when we look in the mirror and compare ourselves to God's word, his commands, his law, we see that we don't measure up to who he wants us to be. We don't obey him. And so the mirror shows us our sin. It shows us for who we really are. Sinful, selfish, greedy human beings who will never find true, full satisfaction with the things of this life. Sinful, selfish, greedy human beings who are only deserving of God's wrath. And not just living hell on earth, but suffering eternal death. Hell for all eternity. That seems pretty hopeless. Probably better that you hadn't been born. But you have been born. And there is hope. Hope in the one who not only created the sun, but who came to earth and lived under the sun. The sun gives light to the earth. And the son of God, the true light, gives light to the world that is in darkness of sin and death. He came into the world, but the world did not receive him. They rejected him. And even one of his closest disciples betrayed him. Jesus says it would have been better if Judas had never been born. But he was born. And he did betray Jesus. And God used this for good. As part of his plan. His plan to save the world from sin, death, and hell. To save you from sin, death, and hell. So Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Word made flesh, came into the world, was rejected by the world, was betrayed, handed over to those who wanted to kill him, and he was crucified on the cross. And there he gave up his life. But his loss was our gain. Because in his death, the sinless Son of God defeated sin, death, and the devil by taking our sin and our death for us on our behalf. The cost of our sin is death, and Christ paid it in full. He fully satisfied the wrath of God when he said, it is finished. He took hell for us, and then he triumphed over the grave in his resurrection from the dead proving that hell cannot prevail against him, that the devil has no power over him, and that he is our savior. And as much as the law is like a mirror and it shows us our sin, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, like a mirror, shows us our savior. And he came to be the satisfaction that we look for in everything else. He came to be the one to fill us up, to fill us with himself, to give us his flesh, his body and blood, so that we would not hunger and thirst for anything outside of what he's given us. He came to redeem us in the waters of baptism, to make us his own child, and to tell us that our worth, our value, our meaning in life is found in him. Whether we are rich 
or we are poor. That is not who we are. Who we are is who God says we are. His dearly loved, redeemed child. So how do we find contentment in life? Well, enjoy what you can see. Enjoy the present. Not what you can't yet see, the future, or what you think you see in a reflection like the dog. In fact, as God's child, when you look in the mirror, see the sun, see Jesus Christ, and in him you will find contentment. And the Holy Spirit will help you to do this. And Jesus Christ will give you the strength to be satisfied, whether you have everything or nothing. But not a single one of you has nothing. Paul knew what it was like to have everything, and he knew what it was like to have nothing, especially as he endured the persecution for being a Christian, which would have been the same kind of persecution he had put others through before meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus. Yet even amidst all that Paul went through, it didn't matter if he had a full belly or was starving. He knew he had eternal life because he had Christ. And that was more than enough to get him through. Christ is more than enough for you. He is your past, your present, and your future. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.